Dr. Michael Boothby, MD of Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Institute in Fort Worth, Texas, to join us here on A to Z Sports. How are you doing, Mr. Boothby? I'm great. I'm having a great day. Excited to talk to you guys and uh, talk a little Cowboys football. Indeed. I'll get right to it because one of the hot topics right now surrounding the Dallas Cowboys uh, is their wide receiving group. And one of the players uh, is Michael Gallup, who tore his ACL back in, I want to say, December. And then yes. he got surgery in February. So I, I kind of have a two-part question here. There are reports out there that say he'll be 100% from his ACL injury in August, uh, but he got the, the surgery in February. Two-part. Why would a player wait that long to get the surgery? And is the seven- or eight-month recovery an ideal recovery? Sure, sure. No, that's a great question. And, you know, ACL injury is, is so common uh, nowadays in football. And, we have made tremendous advances in, you know, how we treat ACL injuries and the recovery path for patients and, and uh, specifically our athletes, our high-level athletes. Um, you know, in answering the first part, as far as the delay in, in surgery, um, you know, oftentimes uh, surgical intervention will take place sooner than that. Um, and some, some of the things that can come up that, that might delay it are, you know, lots of swelling in the knee, uh, decreased range of motion. We really want to make sure that uh, prior to fixing um, an ACL, we want to make sure that patient's motion is really back to normal and they've got good extension and good flexion. Um, one of the risks to, to post-operative stiffness is actually pre-operative stiffness. And so we really want to try and let the injury settle out just a little bit, decrease some of that swelling, improve the range of motion. Um, they may have even wanted him to do a little bit of some prehab, uh, you know, before surgery in order to try and get that muscle strength back where it needs to be so that hopefully he'd, you know, have a have a smoother post-operative course. So there's a few reasons, um, you know, why it may have been uh, been pushed out just a little bit. But uh, but oftentimes it is conducted a little bit, you know, closer to the time of the injury um, and, you uh, you know, it's, it's really just a matter of how the knee is looking prior to surgery, how it's ranging, how it's looking, the, the strength um, that you make those decisions. Now, do you think he could be ready? And obviously he didn't do the surgery or see it, but sure. just general ACL injury. Could they be ready in a seven month period? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a uh, that's a that's a tight window. There's no question about it. Um, I definitely think it's it's in the right ballpark. Um, you know, typically we'll say seven to seven to eight to nine months. Um, you know, uh, uh, Adrian Peterson actually sure. years ago, uh, you know, he had to, he kind of uh, broke the broke the mold in terms of uh, seeing his recovery uh, and the speed of his recovery after ACL surgery. And, you know, as docs, we still struggle with that today because, you know, regular patients will come in and they'll say, hey, you know, Adrian Peterson did this and I can get back to, you know, playing basketball or baseball or whatever. And and the bottom line is, you know, Adrian Peterson was a little bit of an anomaly. In fact, not even a little bit. He was in a lot bit of an anomaly. And, uh, you know, seeing somebody like that come back so quickly, though, and it being so publicized in the news, you know, now everybody thinks they can get back in, you know, just a few months after ACL. And and the truth of the matter is it's a it's a seven to nine month process. Um you know, that seven months, things would have to go really, really perfectly, uh, not saying that they won't, um, but they, they would have to progress in a in a very stepwise manner and, and not allow for many hiccups along the way um, in the recovery process. Um, you know, he'll be 
he'll be pushed in terms of, um, you know, getting his range of motion back quickly and, and then doing a lot of straight line strengthening um, before they start to, to get into some twisting, turning, more agility work. Um, but uh, that, that seven months, you know, is it's doable, but it's, it's going to be tight. There's no question. You brought up Adrian Peterson. Everybody's not a freak like Adrian Peterson. Exactly. Dude is exactly. Terminator. So that's it, man. Yeah. He is. And, and uh, you know, again, you know, with the, say the regular person out there, they don't get the same benefit of having the intense therapy, you know, multiple hours a day um, daily that, that some of these professional athletes do. And so, um, you know, obviously he's going to get, get that sort of right. treatment. Um, and so we would expect it to be on the, the shorter side, but, um, but again, you can't predict the future. There may be some hiccups that come, you know, down the road and just a little, you got to back off just a little bit and let it heal. Um, but, uh, we're obviously hoping the best for him and getting back out there as quickly as possible. Now the Cowboys have a high profile running back themselves. He, he's not the quite Adrian Peterson in regards to physique and the freak of nature, but he's still one of the one of has has been one of the top backs in the NFL in Ezekiel Elliott. And he informed sure. the public that he was playing on a torn PCL, I believe partially torn PCL for most of the second half of the season. Um, how would that injury limit you exactly? Sure. So PCL injuries or posterior cruciate ligament injuries are, you know, slightly different than anterior cruciate ligament injuries or ACL injuries. The, the, the structure of the actual ligament is different. Um, ACLs tend to be more band-like. They're, they're, they're more kind of like a, a, a small rope and um, anatomically, whereas the PCL tends to be more like a like a fan it, it it spreads out it's got a larger attachment point um around the knee um and that actually is really helpful to allow most pcl injuries uh especially uh partial pcl pcl injuries to heal on their own um rather than requiring surgery so uh in this case uh with zeke's injury you know it's a partial pcl um, he's probably going to have some soreness. He's probably going to have, you know, some, some kind of deep back of the knee pain. Um, but he really shouldn't be as limited from, uh, you know, a straight line or stability standpoint, especially with the bracing that they would have been offering him, um, you know, other than some, some discomfort and some pain, especially with explosion, uh, with explosive movements, um, as long as he's not having a lot of frank instability, feeling like the, the, the knee is sliding around or, or unstable when he pivots or twists or turns, you know, he would be, be still pretty, uh, pretty good to go there. Yeah, I think you saw some of that explosion, that loss of explosiveness as the season kind of carried on. Um, right. uh, the big question a lot of Cowboys fans have is, would, would rest have been a temporary solution for him to be better later on in the season? Because he did not rest on it at all. Sure. Sure. It's a, it's a great question. And you know, 2020 hindsight, you know, yes. I mean, rest typically is what we would do um, for the average person to give him a, a little bit of time uh, to heal up. And hopefully that then translates to a shorter recovery period. You know, in this case though, you know, he's got, you know, millions of dollars on his head in essence, yeah. trying to, to, to get out there and play football. And because there wasn't necessarily a stability issue and, you know, uh, because there, it wasn't, it wasn't dangerous to his knee um, to allow him to play, 
you know, there's a factor of, hey, we're going to get out and, and roll with it and, uh, and, and see how this thing does. And I think if, if his symptoms had, you know, sig- substantially worsened or if he had started to develop instability in the knee, obviously a decision would have been made to hold him out and, and, and let it heal up. Um, but I think it was partial enough. You know, there's, there's grades of partial. And this, yeah. this, this may have been kind of a low-grade partial injury that was kind of annoying to him that, he, that it was brought up. But structurally, was was very sound and not unstable and, and obviously not dangerous to the athlete moving forward. So I think that's why that decision was made. Now, I didn't, I didn't give you this one prior, but I just want to, real quick, on Tony Pollard. He tore his plantar fasciitis. Did I say that yep. correct? I always get that wrong. Yeah, plantar fascia, yeah. Okay. He tore that, but he was able to play on it two weeks later. Um, yep. I, I've seen that happen with players. What kind of pain was he having to deal with there with that? Typically a lot. You know, there's, there's uh, um, tearing your plantar fascia because we put all of our weight, obviously, through that part of our foot. Uh, it can be it can be pretty painful to that bottom part of your heel, um, and that's just with standard walking around. Now, um, you know, obviously playing football with planting and twisting and turning and pushing, um, that's going to be exacerbated. So uh, he would have had you know uh, uh, he would have had it taped up and really trying to add some exterior support to that area while it healed, um, but it would have been you know uh, pretty painful. Um, you know, he would have been on an anti-inflammatory medicine, trying to manage that as much as possible uh, during game time for sure. Um, but but it can be uncomfortable. And there's some there's some tricks that we have as far as the training staff to use some different sort of, you know, inserts in the shoe to try and stiffen that some to decrease how much force goes across that that plantar fascia while it heals. But um, but it still would have been uncomfortable. There's no question. Again, it goes back to, is it dangerous for the athlete? No. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those injuries where if you can tolerate the discomfort, you can go. Um, but it, 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 it sure would have been an effect just, you know, again, with explosive movements. We've got Dr. Booth, Boothby here of OSMI in Fort Worth, Texas, talking a lot of Cowboys injuries with us. And I think the biggest one, Doc, was Dak Prescott. Uh, because that one seemed to be a, a point in the Cowboys season where things flipped and sure. the offense wasn't as uh, explosive as it was. And the quarterback wasn't the same person that he was the first half of the year. Now, he had the calf strain that sidelined him for a few weeks. Sure. How would that limit you as a quarterback? Yeah, so, you know, calf strains are are unfortunately uh, a pretty common injury, not just in football, but across all levels of sports, both professionally, collegiately, and, and recreationally. Um, and, you know, it's a muscular problem. Um, your calf obviously is, is attached to your Achilles tendon and basically, you know, points your toes down so that we can either walk or run or sprint. Um, it's an explosive type of, of problem. So when, when people are trying to be, you know, to either avoid getting tackled or trying to be explosive, that's when that, that muscle is going to, you know, have the most force across it and when it could risk, um, you know, basically microscopic tearing, which is, which is what a, a strain is. Um, again, he would have been limited in terms of pain, in terms of this, that, that extra little uh, burst um, to avoid, uh, you know, getting tackled or a sack, something like that. Um, but in, in this instance, you know, again, it's not a structural problem like his, his original injury yeah. was, which, the, you know, a bony fracture dislocation. That's, 
that's a different different deal where we're talking about the structure of the ankle and the bony parts. That part, thankfully, you know, healed up uh, very nicely, and and uh, he was able to be 100% on that. Um, this is just one of those things where, you know, again, the calf is one of those areas where it can get tight. Um, it can actually, you know, strain itself. And, and unfortunately, it's a matter of a few weeks to get him, get him back going again. Now, you talk about his previous injury. Is that something that the calf could have been trying to overcompensate for when he broke his ankle and, and, and other ligaments, I believe? It was a very serious injury. No question. No question. He had a, a you know, compound fracture dislocation. So, um, you know, that's a, that's severe trauma to that lower extremity and, and uh, required surgery, obviously, to fix that. And so, um, you know, whether the calf could have been overcompensating per se, it really depends on how um, kind of accurately the, the patient can get back to their normal, you know, gait. If he was running with a normal, you know, with a normal gait pattern and and didn't have kind of a limp or something like that, then I think the risk is really low that his calf was necessarily overcompensating. Um, and, you know, just calf injuries are so common, sometimes stuff happens and, and it's it's just happened to be the same leg. Now, to your point, you know, if his gait pattern wasn't quite back to normal, if he did have a little bit of either a limp or a little bit of a, of a slowdown or, you know, was protecting it, you know, potentially you could say, hey, that 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 limb has had such trauma that it could, you know, potentially be a, a risk factor. Now, a high enough risk factor that, you you know, you, you wouldn't play him or something like that. No, probably not. But, you know, common things are common. Obviously, he had a big injury. And, and if he wasn't able to get 100 percent back, then I think he might be at a little bit higher risk. Wow. Hey, I appreciate this information. It saves me, Doc, from going on Google and looking up <laughs> Dr. Google and, and then making myself freak out about these injuries, man. But exactly right. <laughs> this is uh, Dr. Boothby of Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Institute in Fort Worth, Texas. I look forward to talking to you more often throughout these months here uh, on players we may acquire or new injuries that may come up. Sounds great. Well, I'm looking forward to it and uh, going to be a great off season here. Looking forward to a, to a, to a great fall. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, Doc. Have a good one. Right. Thanks again, Gus.